head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe mma people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else to see them coming up and they're getting their shot and i'm proud that people are coming up with me Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 159 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan and with me, like every week, is the Davy Russell of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonnell. As we look back on a huge night of fights last night uh, in Glendale, I believe. Where is Glendale? Arizona, is it? Where yeah. Dustin, Dustin Poirier took on Justin Gaethje. We're going to look back as well at a bit of the, the Bellator card and the KSW card as well, the bits we saw anyway. And we're going to look ahead to next week's card where Kevin Lee takes on Edson Barboza in a tremendous fight. Um, and we're, a couple of more things to talk about too. We're going to answer all your questions. Uh, at the end of the podcast, head on over patreon.com forward slash severe podcast if you want to sign up for our Patreon and all that good stuff. Graham Hartings. Yeah, good. Good, good weekend of football again. Uh, didn't see anything else. Yeah, yeah, right. You didn't. You're right though, about that whole provincial stuff. Like, it's. You know, it's the cups I care about. You know, the obviously the Champions League Great Cup, the FA Cup is the is the main one. And, <laughs> the Charity you know, Shield Cup. Charity Shield Cup. <laughs> I, I agree. Cup competitions are really where it's at, isn't it? Like, who cares? Yeah, well, the Champions League has league and and knockouts. It's it's a mixture of both. Mm, yeah, I agree with you. Saudis work less. You're you're actually right. Sure, yeah. as Mourinho said, you know, like you know, Liverpool don't have the FA Cup, so it's grand. Man United mm-hmm. have the FA Cup. They're still in the FA Cup, so they don't even need the Champions League. The real the real shit is like nothing. You got a handy draw too in the Champions League, Roma. Sure, so Man United should be used to getting knocked out. Even Mourinho himself knocked them out so many times he can't even remember. That's true. That is true. Sure, look. <laughs> Jeez, you're, you're desolate. You're desolate. <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally like 10 minutes since the Manuel United West Brom game in the time still. I'm still I, in fairness, like it didn't really matter. I, I thought it was uh, it was good to see City not being able to celebrate on the on the field, uh, even though I don't really care about it that much. But it's, it's <laughs> in straws. Yeah, like we're, we were at one point ahead of Liverpool with a game in hand, so it really didn't mean that much of a lot, the loss, to be honest, but the team that's like basically the last gonna finish last in the league is never good but it doesn't really matter like second third fourth is all the same these days uh fourth gets you automatically from, uh, qualified these days to the champions mm-hmm. league so it doesn't really matter but uh it was a handy uh it was a handy number i watched about the first five or ten minutes of that west brown match and then man united was so bad that i stuck a, a few quid on west brown to win at 14 to 1 so uh, happy days Congratulations. <laughs> thank you man united for your shit performance once again and thank you to uh, <laughs> thank you for, to Tiger Roll as well yesterday for winning the Grand National for me. I had him at twelve to one, I believe. Yeah, or was it? Yeah, twelve to one, I think. So yeah, nice. good good weekend for us betting, wasn't it? We made uh, yeah. Made you, a all your talk of winning money yesterday ended up throwing an accumulator on the UFC and winning that as well. So it's been a it's been a good it's been a good couple of days of betting all around. It has in fairness. It has in fairness. Um, yeah, and if you won many betting, head on over patreon.com forward slash severe podcast. We didn't win that much. We were still poor as fuck. So yeah, do that. But yeah. uh, let's we let's promise get not in. to gamble it all away. <laughs> <laughs> we might <laughs> just, just fucking getting getting the cash out of Patreon, just like all on red. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, but actually we're near nearly a, to 100 as well that was kind of our goal so we're at what 94 now i think so if you're listening to this and you're one of those six people do it go, go over and sign up and and, uh, and do it p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com all right let's talk about the fights at the weekend and 
Hang on, I'm gonna get you let you talk about it first because I, I feel one of the the uh the noted Sheehan rants going on about this fight and how it went and the the the, the brilliance of it. But Dustin Poirier versus Justin Gaethje, where do you where do you rank that amongst the best fights of the year, the best fights ever? It was up there, wasn't it? It was unbelievable. It's always, it's always hard straight after mm-hmm. to to judge these things. There's kind of like a confirmation bias, or there's a there's an opposite one where you, you you don't want to fall into the confirmation or the recency bias. Sorry, you don't want to fall into the recency bias, so you end up. Not maybe not saying it's as good as it is. It, it's kind of hard to straight away to, to to know exactly. Watching it back a couple of times, you, you you'll uh, you you probably know better. But it was definitely a brilliant, brilliant fight. It was the first round, like the, that pace in the first round was unbelievable. Uh, they were they were both like Parier was landing to the head a lot more than Justin Gaethje was. But it, Justin Gaethje was light was uh, eating up that leg of of, of Justin Parier badly and landing his own punches as well. Um and I, I like Parier did brilliant. I, I, it, it seemed like he wasn't going to be able to last the pace. Uh, I know Justin Gaethje looked hard as well, but he's kind of used to that kind of style and that kind of that that's what he wants. Like that's his style of fight. And Justin Parier went in there and beat Justin Parier or beat uh, Justin Gaethje at, at, at what Justin Gaethje wants to do, which is which is really really impressive. Um, he took a, took a lot of big shots to, to the leg and just uh, just kept kept going forward, kept landing his punches. He tried to mix in a couple of takedowns, but even Justin Gaethje is a NCAA wrestler, all American wrestler. Uh, even though you wouldn't know it watching him fight, he he's he doesn't really go for takedowns himself. But I think even even when they were both tired there and um, probably mixing a couple of takedowns attempts, uh, Justin Gaethje showed how he, uh, how good he was at wrestling by easily stuffing them. But um, Justin Gaethje, he's too willing to get hit in the face, but that's what makes him so great to watch. So from like a career standpoint, he's basically. Been but badly concussed in his last three is is all his three UFC fights, including the one he won. So I don't know, like people are saying, oh, how long can he keep this up or whatever? But um, it, it definitely it definitely is a uh, it's not a it's not a um, it's not a style that's going to keep you keep your chin intact for for very long. But it is the really exciting fight uh, fighting style where they're going to you're going to put you in main events like they did straight away. With Justin Gagey and people are going to be really excited about your fights, and I don't think he's done like even with two losses on the bounce here, he's done nothing to nothing to slow his his uh, rise among among uh, hardcore fans as an absolute cult hero. Even going back to his uh, World Series of Fighting days, I think a lot of people were only watching World Series of Fighting for for him and maybe Martin Marais as well, maybe. Nick but mainly, Newell, just, yeah. yeah, well, Nick Newell as well, but he only had a, two or three fights, I think. In in World Series of Fight, I think he was with, yeah, with yeah. some other promotion beforehand. Pal Harris too. Yeah, well, Pal Harris. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. But yeah, Justin Gaethje was kind of already Johnson. a cult hero. Already a cult hero. But now, when you get to the UFC, the casual UFC UFC fans, and they would probably be waiting for Justin Gaethje fights and looking forward to them. So he's done himself no no harm in these losses. But for the for the body and the the, the damage he's taken to his head, um, I can understand people's point about how how long can this realistically last. Yeah, hundred percent. We'll get to what's next for Gaethje and what, what he looks like in a second. But I, just before we, I get into kind of the analysis of the fight, I just kind of want to run down what happened in the fight because so much kind of did happen uh, in the first round. Gaethje came out as you mentioned there, throwing those leg kicks. But Paria was kind of landing first all the time and making him making him pay for the, those leg kicks, and he was stopping the forward motion, landing uppercuts and stuff. Uh, in the second round, 
Poirier wasn't able to keep up that pace as much, but he was still he was still winning the round or, or close to winning the round. Um, but Gaethje was landing his jab more and getting a bit of forward motion, which you don't want. Then the eye poke came in the middle of that round and Poirier came out uh, better after that and won the second half of the round and definitely won the round. He cut, uh, it, it, the eye was cut uh, of Gaethje in the first round and Poirier at the end of the second round, but Gaethje seemed to wear his damage uh, worse. The third round in was kind of even early. Poirier got a takedown um, and they, they had a bit of fence work, which it was kind of 50-50, although Gaethje was was probably winning it. But Gaethje started to land more leg kicks in and they seemed to take a bit of a toll um, on Poirier and he hurt him with the right hand in that round as well. He landed a lot uh, against the cage and stuff like that. But Poirier did recover near the end of the round and he, he did well to kind of stay in the clinch and stuff uh, as well. But then the point was taken from Gaethje for Gaethje for the second eye pocket in that round. And then obviously in the fourth, there was uh, obviously the big finish where, um, and I get into that in a second, but it, it obviously didn't last long. But for me, and I had a, I was having a kind of a discussion with a few people last night about about this. This was one of the greatest executions of a game plan in I've seen in a long time, a very long time. And people, a lot of people were saying to me, "Oh, I'm sure he didn't plan to get hit by leg kicks for the whole night." Yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> go over and go over and listen to Dustin Poirier's interview on MMA fighting. When he, I, I don't know if it was a scrum or, or an interview. I saw it in MMA fighting, and I was thinking, oh, okay, if maybe he didn't, maybe he didn't plan to eat as much. And he said that, but he said he planned to take the leg kicks. And do you know why he planned to take the leg kicks? And if anyone watched the fight, and watched it closely, and watched the leg kicks, they'll know. It's because he countered them every time. He made them pay for him. Made Gaethje pay for the leg kicks every time. Watch, watch the first minute of that fight, right? This, this is an interesting thing for anyone to do. Go back and watch the first minute of the fight, right? And just watch at the start. Watch Gaethje's strikes. Watch watch the strikes Gaethje lands. All leg kicks, some good shots to the head and everything like that. And then go and watch Poirier's strikes. And watch the first two minutes twice. And watch how many strikes Poirier lands. And, like, the leg kicks are good. I, I have a thing about Justin Gaethje's leg kicks. I think he is the one of the best people we've ever seen in MMA at landing leg kicks. But I don't think he has the best leg kicks in MMA. No, he doesn't have Jose Aldo, Thiago Alves type of leg kicks. They're good, hard leg kicks. And over four or five rounds, they'll hurt you an awful lot. But if you're landing big strikes on him in the way he fights from those leg kicks, it's 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 very tough for him uh, to, to keep going like that, especially when someone hits as hard as, as, uh, as Dustin Poirier. But with that as well, he's far, Gaethje gains forward motion by using his jab and throwing leg kicks. Right, he took away the jab by jabbing. Dustin Poirier did. He jabbed first, landed better combinations. He was first to the punch all night, and he took away the leg kicks by countering them, by landing big left hooks over the top. By he went for a couple of takedowns, got one, didn't only did it two or three times, but he kept him thinking throughout the fight. And when I say take away the leg kicks, he he kept kicking his leg. Obviously, kept kicking. He didn't take them away, but he. He took away the effectiveness of them, if you know what I mean. He like Justin Gaethje throws out leg kicks so he can get inside, so he can fight in a phone boot, so he can hurt his opponent, all those things. But him throwing leg kicks led to him getting hurt more than Poirier getting hurt. And when you're doing that, that's a problem, you know. And it's I, I was so impressed because I was talking to yourself and Beatsy before the fight about it, and I was like, it's impossible not to be drawn in. By Justin Gaethje, he and he do, it's because of that jab and because of those leg kicks he draws you in. But Parry didn't really get drawn in at all for the whole fight. His game plan was so good to use that jab and take away the leg kicks by by countering them, and he did it constantly for the whole night. And then 
the other point a lot of people were making the guts the bravery the durability he showed which i thought he'd lose out on that's why i thought he'd lose the fight because he would maybe he's not as durable as justin gaethje he's great heart and obviously but justin gaethje has more heart than anyone ever so i thought if it goes to heart justin gaethje no matter who you are is going to lose but he didn't he was able to stay there with gaethje he got hurt in that third round and he kept going kept coming everything was right and his, as well his conditioning to, to fight that you can fight that way no problem for a round maybe a round and a half maybe two rounds maybe three rounds if you get there a lot maybe you know going to, but you to go three and a half four rounds like like he did uh it that's very tough very very tough against someone who brings it as hard as justin gaethje and just won't go away like he landed every shot he had in the book against justin gaethje in the first two or three rounds and he didn't put him away and he kept going and uh, and he put him away then it was an all-round brilliant display from Dustin Poirier everything you want to see in MMA and I was I was very happy with it very good very good to see and uh nice for Poirier to get the win but am I going overboard do you agree you disagree no I think I think you're right I think um I think we talked about it before I thought if if the fight was going to play it like like it did that Justin Gaethje w- was going to win that just through even even what I think it was between the first and the second round um Gaethje's corner were telling him doesn't matter if you won the round because you're going to break him you're, you're like keep keep on the legs keep doing what you're doing keep he can't keep this pace he can't keep he can't hang with you like this but he could parier could hang with him like that and parier was ready for that and i think as, as you referenced uh, he was ready for the leg kicks he was willing to eat them in order to counter them obviously he didn't want to he, he doesn't want to be hobbling around for the next few months but uh the game plan worked like uh, you got to hand it to his team and to him he like he toughed it out at stages as well as you said he got rocked and the pressure was on him and maybe even Gaethje had him rocked and kind of pushed up against him and maybe had there's a bit of a bad decision there by Gaethje but um maybe Poirier was 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 part of uh initiating the clinch I, I I'd have to go back and watch it but uh, he 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 had his moments of adversity and he came through it and he and he definitely didn't take a backward step and it would have been uh, okay he went for a couple of takedowns that he didn't get um just in case he stuffed them easily but at least it kept just in case he thinking about that as well which i i think was another uh, good part of the game plan so fair play to just engaging on the execution and fair play to his team on the on the game plan and um, fair play to Justin Cagey as well. He's 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 great to watch, and I think when I was one of our pat- patrons uh, on Patreon wanted me to us to do the team the team Graham and the team Sheehan, and I was talking about why Justin Cagey's uh, why I was picking Justin Cagey, and I said maybe he's going to lose a few. He may not be the, the winningest as you might say, but uh, <laughs> no, he's going to be fun, and it's uh, every fight is is something different and something to look forward to, and. I, I always say I like people with different styles than, than the normal stuff. Even if it is kind of plodding forward a bit with Justin Gagey, it's the leg kicks, as you say, maybe don't have the best technique or they aren't the quickest, but he throws them really hard and he he throws them um, he throws them per, uh, consistently and he he, he he was brilliant in that fight as well. And it looked like the, the tide had turned and towards Gagey that, that probably wasn't going to be able to, to keep the pace after the second round, but... He was, and fair play to fair play to both of them. It was an absolutely brilliant fight. Yeah, I think there's like a philosophical argument as well for why this fight was great and why Justin Gaethje is great because Justin Gaethje got completely outclassed in that fight. There's no doubt about that. Poria was better everywhere, as I said. He beat him to the punch, landed a lot harder strikes, took him down at one stage. You know, against the clinch, it was very close, but on the feed, it was just completely and utterly outclassed. But I, I don't really care. And I don't think anyone who loves Justin Gaethje's style cares or who loves, I don't want to use the word violence, but, you know, that the visceral kind of side of MMA where it's just 
dog, you know, the blood and the guts and the fucking, you know, the the very base instinct of fighting, you know, and I, I, I love the sport and the skill as well. I just talked for fucking 10 minutes there about Poirier's skill and all that, but you have, you have to love that as well. You have to respect it. And if you, you, you have, I think people have to respect Justin Gaethje. Like people are talking about what should he do? What should he change up his game? Why, why, why should he change up his game? Like, that's what Justin Gaethje is, you know. That's it's like that story about the scorpion and the and the frog. You know, the, the scorpion asked the frog to come across. Uh, go, uh, could he go across on his back across the river? And he goes, "You're just gonna, you're just gonna stab me and kill me if you if I bring you across the river." And he goes, "Why would I do that? If I do that, I'll I'll drown too." And then he goes, "Okay, I'll bring you across." And then they were halfway across, and the scorpion stabbed him and he died. And he goes, "Why did you do that?" And he goes, "It's just in my nature." And that's what Justin Gaethje is. It's in his nature to fight like that. He he is a kill or be killed. I tweeted it last night. He, he would have rather go out in a body bag last night than get stopped by Herb Dean. And it was not wrong with stoppage. It was good stoppage and all that. But he would have. That's what he is. Like, and you have to appreciate that. That's why I absolutely love Diego Sanchez. And I'm I'm <laughs> next one that comes out of Team She and Diego Sanchez has gone in because I forgot him. I love fighters like Joe Lozon or Rampage Jackson back in the day. He's a little bit different now. I agree, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I love lads like that. You know, the Korean zombie fucking brilliant fighter and we need to appreciate him like i nobody appreciates demetrius johnson as much as me i, I wax lyrical about him oh i think he's the greatest fighter of all time george st pierre but you have to appreciate these guys too the lads that go to absolute fucking neil siri like uh brad pickett like, there's there's loads of them we have to preach them and justin gaethje is my, it might be the best one we've ever seen and he the thing about him as well i'll let you talk about that first but i have another point to make. what do you think about that should we appreciate guys like that more I think the the hardcore fans, if you look like at the people I follow on Twitter and you probably follow on Twitter and stuff like that, they're all like can't wait. They're posting gifts of Justin Gaethje before the fight. They're like, you know, they're they're going mad during the fight. Like I think the people who actually watch the sport uh, all the time appreciate it. I think maybe the casuals uh, will start to appreciate him because they've seen him in main events now against guys they've heard of. Like they've heard of Michael Johnson. They've heard of people like Parry. They like you know they've heard of Eddie Alvarez. So, um. I think his his stock will, will just continue to rise, even though he's coming off two losses and his first one was his first fight was brilliant. All of his fights in the UFC have been absolutely brilliant, and he's had some brilliant fights outside of the UFC as well. So I think that just the more people see him, the more people will appreciate him. I think it's just that they haven't like people people who aren't hardcore fans just don't watch World Series of Fighting or they don't watch all the, the UFC shows. Maybe if there's a fight night on that isn't that great, they might just not watch it, but. Uh, I think I think I think it's inevitable that people will will, will people who don't, who don't know Justin Gaethje will, will grow to love uh, his fights because what's not to love like you know it's it's a guy going out there throwing everything at, at you and willing to take willing to take one to give one and uh, like Dana White as you kind of mentioned with with Diego Sanchez Dana White has, in the past has has loved the fighters like that uh, he's kept him around longer like um, longer than maybe. <sighs> Didn't definitely if 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 they were like a wrestling style or grinding out decisions, they probably would have been cut. But people like Diego Sanchez stayed around because they're willing to give one to take one. They're getting in the wars. They bite down their gum shield. They go forward. They throw everything. And I think um, I think naturally people people just appreciate that. People don't like when people circle away, even if it is a really even if it is the right thing to do technically in the fight and it's a game plan. They don't like when you circle away. They they think you're running even though you're actually it's actually working a good game plan like maybe 
people went mad at Carlos Condit when he fought Nick Diaz, but you know, he, he that was a game plan he had. He executed it despite all the booze and he got the decision. So that's 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 smart, you know, that's that's a good decision. But people don't people aren't gonna be like when's when's Carlos Condit's next fight after that Diaz fight, but after Gaethje's fights, you'd be like You'd be thinking when I think naturally you'd just be looking forward to his fight and you'd be tuning in next time if you if you if you've seen any of his three UFC fights. Yeah, and there's the thing as well. A lot of people were talking about about his kind of his ceiling or where he can reach, what he can do to kind of not not to change things, but improve himself to get to the top. But the, the thing about Justin Gage is he doesn't need to because his way of fighting will win him most fights. It really will. Like he, his last two losses were Dustin Poirier and and um, uh, Eddie Alvarez. Like those are two guys as well who have you know who very skilled, hit hard, get into a war with him, have no problem doing that. Like other guys, other guys are not going to be able to last with him like Dustin Poirier did. Mm. Like, I can understand their point though because it, yeah. maybe if hundred percent, but like if, if when he got yeah. tagged with one of them shots that ended up finishing the the fight by Poirier, if he had a shot for a takedown, he like he's a good wrestler. Like he probably he there's a good chance he would have got that takedown, or he would have at least bought himself a little bit of time in in the clinch. But he just that's not that's not the way he fights. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's. It's not he, his corner and him are, are going out there to try and put such a pace and such a beating on a guy that he can't handle the, the pace and the pressure and the and the strikes. And that's what they're trying to do. And the wrestling, the, the wrestling is understandable why they don't use it in that sense. But when you're rocked or when you take a big shot, maybe, maybe that would be a little thing that he could do to improve that wouldn't take, take away from the style that much. But it would just maybe, maybe would have, would have kept him in that fight. Yeah, there's there's a tendency as well to throw the baby out with the batwater. I think with, with Justin Gaethje, like as I mentioned, he, like he will get into those wars with people, but like he 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 will beat most people. Like like people are acting like oh he needs he's in dire need of a change, right? But okay, maybe there's there's an argument to throw a little few things in in fights like last night, and he should do that in fairness. But if he's fighting Edson Barboza. I think he should still go forward and go mad like that and try to put pressure on him or you know whoever else. You know, if you fought people talking about Joseph Duffy, I think he should do that against him or whoever else. More almost everybody. If he fought Habib, yeah. I think that'd be a good game plan. Like there's well, I don't think mixed in a couple of takedown attempts, even though they were they weren't close to takedowns. It makes Justin Gage you have to think about that. It, mm-hmm. it just adds another another danger, possible danger to worry about. That is true. Yeah, it is it is true in fairness, but even if he did that, I don't. I, I think pe- people would still see, you know, would still say the same thing. I don't think it's just a one or two kind of takedowns thing. Uh, it's you know, people are kind of worried about him and the way he fights and so. And you should be like he he can't keep taking that amount of of damage. He he will keep getting knocked out. But that's just the, his style, you know. And should, should you tell John Fitch not to wrestle all the time? Should you tell Habib not to wrestle all the time? That's just their style. And if it's you know, don't forget what got you to the dance kind of thing. And uh, I I think it's the best way for Justin Gaethje to fight, to be honest. He wouldn't be the same if he didn't. Like, if he did go wrestling or, you know, fought a different way, I don't think he'd be the same. I don't think he'd be as good. Um, So, you know, stick to that, I think, Justin. But what about... What about the future for, for both guys? Let's talk about Poria first, because maybe we've concentrated on Gaethje a little bit too much, but Poria called out Habib afterwards. Do you think there's any chance he gets that fight? Um, there's a small chance, but I, I think there's there's other people uh, that 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 will make more sense mo- monetarily. Uh, Dustin Poirier is a known quantity, but I don't think he's a, a big draw. Uh, Habib seems to be looking at a big draw. He's talking about GSP and stuff, so I don't think he's going to want that that uh, Poirier fight, and I don't think the UFC will be forcing it on Habib. I don't think it's like 
it's t- number one priority for the UFC. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely not number one priority, hundred percent. But if Tony Ferguson it looks like he's going to be out for the year because he, that knee injury looks terrible. Yeah, I was talking to at least it's a, yeah, yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine, and he said, you know, LCL injury is a bad one, but he, he said that the cut alone looks like there was more stuff done to it. Uh, and he's a, he's a physio, and he was saying like it, it could be like six if it's minimum six months and it could be anything you know longer well after that so same same thing goes for mcgregor how long is he going to be out with his cork as we talked about that and stuff last week so that's that's an unknown eddie alvarez might be might be next there you know edson marvose habib just beat him and then you have poria so i think it's alvarez poria maybe next and you know that that fight they had you know Dustin Barrio was winning that fight and, until it was called a, an all contest. So if you're looking at that and you're picking between who, who should be next, you know, Parry, I could arguably could be Parrier, you know, but I, I think it's one of them. But I, I don't think he's a million miles away from it. I thought his post-fight speech was tremendous. Uh, the, the way he said, I, I'm not asking for something I haven't earned and I, I haven't fought for for years and years. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Uh, and I wouldn't mind at all seeing him getting it because if he fights the way he fought in the first two rounds last night against Habib, and I know it's a different challenge, I know this wrestling is a lot different than that, but he proved, and I I went down about this 50 times over the last couple of weeks, but he proved that he can get the front foot against a guy who attacks madly to get the front foot. Mm. And if he can do that against Habib, he could give him a few, he can give him a bit of trouble. Now, I still think I, I pick Habib and everything, but I picked Gaethje as well at the weekend and I was wrong, so you'd never know. But Paria is no joke and he hits, he hits hard as well. Make no mistake about that. He hits very hard. Uh, good striker, very good technique. And if he went in there and knocked out Habib, it'd be, it'd be something. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I think. I think the the Max Holloway fight, if he was to move up, still makes more sense uh, monetarily to the UFC and Endeavor. So mm-hmm. um, if the chips just happen to fall that way, uh, the, I don't think the UFC would be against giving the Parade the shot. But uh, uh, I don't, I, w- I wouldn't be sure if that's going to happen next or not. I, yeah. I, if I had to bet, I'd probably say it won't. And what about um, Dustin Poirier there? Looking, just looking at the rankings here. Ally Quinta is ranked number ten. Last 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 week, we'll probably need a bit of time off as well. Same as same as Gaethje. What you think of that fight? Uh, yeah, I like that fight. I, I, well, uh, I know Vic hasn't fought in a while, but and Justin Gaethje's probably going to need a couple of months after that. But the UFC don't really seem to care about that anymore. Uh, they just get them in there as soon as the the uh, medical suspension ends. So. I wouldn't mind seeing Vic. I wouldn't mind seeing Iquinta. There's a good few fights I wouldn't mind seeing. Maybe the the loser of uh, Lee, Kevin Lee, and Barboza next next mm-hmm. weekend makes sense time time wise as well. And yeah. both of them are, are known quantities as well. So uh, there's a lot of fights for Justin Gaethje. Uh, he needs to he needs to kind of drop down a little bit in, in standard maybe and get a get a win or two, and then you can bring him back up to the top five six or whatever. So yeah. Um, there's definitely a, there's a lot of fights there that, that that I think everybody would be interested in seeing Justin Gaethje in, and there's a lot of fights that a lot of people would be interested in seeing Poirier in. So uh, I, I don't think Poirier's going to get the title shot, and I think Justin Gaethje should take a little little bit of time out. But I wouldn't be surprised if if neither of them things happened and Poirier gets the title shot and Justin Gaethje straight back in there in two months' time. <laughs> Let's have some fucking fun. Let's have some fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we'll get to more questions, obviously, about that uh, fight in a, little, in a little bit. But let's talk about a couple of the other fights uh, on the night. The co-main event, Alex Oliveira submitted uh, Carlos Condit with a, a beautiful guillotine choke after three minutes and 17 seconds of the second round. What, what was your take on Condit? We, we talked last week. We were a little bit worried about him. Obviously, after losing his last fight, didn't look the same. What, what, how do you think he looked last night? 
Uh, he's still getting taken down way too easy. It's still the same old problems, really, that he that he always had in his career. He, he just gets taken down way too easily. Uh, he, he 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 looked like he should have probably got a rear naked choke. It didn't look like Alex Oliveira was actually defending properly uh, when Connor was on his back, but he he kind of had it on the face, and then he had a kind of uh, hand a little bit of hand fighting right as the bell went. So he was kind of. He kind of missed his opportunity there, and then Oliveira obviously just uh, exploited the, the the gaping hole that's been in in Condit's game for years in in the takedown defense and through the the defensive grappling. So uh, it's kind of the same old story for for Condit in in terms of the wrestling. And I just think, as as we said last week, I think he his days at the top are done. I think he he doesn't have the he, he doesn't. He's just. He's just a game that's kind of passed him by. He doesn't have. To, he hasn't. Isn't improving like other fighters are. He hasn't been improving in in a good few years. And unfortunately, we, I think we both picked uh, Cowboy Oliveira in this fight. Mm-hmm. We both said that a couple of years ago would have been a no brainer to pick Carlos Condit. So I think that kind of says it all. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you you you're right. The game has kind of passed him by. And see the thing about Carlos Condit is people kind of forget if you're only watching you know if you're and I suppose there's a lot of kind of McGregor era fans watching here and they don't understand how good Carlos Condit is like back in the day that that Dan Hardy KO and loads more you know almost be GSP and even recently enough that war with Robbie Lawler but he's only won twice even the Brock Lesnar crowd probably don't remember how good Condit actually Um, or don't remember they weren't around for how good Condit was at his best yeah, he's only won twice since that GSP fight in 2014, like, and that's 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 such a pity for someone so great. But the game definitely, definitely has passed him by. Like, you can't get away anymore with being so bad at takedown defense; just absolutely awful. And he has a good guard, and he makes it fun. He's very good at sweeping and stuff like that. But before he was, he was able to, you know, not not just submit guys, but you know, make them look bad off his back. And sometimes get you know get that high kind of guard and. You know, he, I think he's like 13, 14 submissions or something in his career, which is which is an awful lot. But these days, lads are not getting submitted uh, as easily as they were. Unless your name is Arjun Buller, usually you've pretty good jujitsu by the time you get to the UFC. Um, and Carlos Condit is, you know, he's not really triangling lads or armbarring lads off his back these days now. Um, and to add to that as well, he's kind of lost that natural born killer instinct on the feet you know he was he's not head kicking or kneeing lads in the head anymore landing those big left hooks with power that's kind of just gone a little bit now he doesn't look shot or anything like that he's he took a few good shots and he kept going and he, you know he got submitted here obviously and he, he you know he he kept going hard throughout the fight so i've no problem seeing him fight again you know it's not like joe Lowe's on there a couple of weeks ago or diego sanchez where they're, they're shop worn and you just kind of wanted to in from and kind of yeah. I, I, I want to see him fight again but he's He's the game, as you said, definitely passed him by. Yeah, it's not a BJ Penn situation where it's like really sad watching him fight, mm-hmm. but it's it's, it's <laughs> it might get there if he keeps going. So it's uh, it's time to to fight guys who aren't uh, who aren't good at wrestling, uh, or it's time to just. I, I hate I hate saying people should pack it in, but what's really left for Carlos Condit? He's not going to make a run at the at the title uh, again. Um, he got close, but couldn't couldn't finish the job against GSP. He was WBC champion, so I'm sure he 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 regrets or he'd love to to make another run at it. But realistically, he probably knows that it's not going to happen. <coughs> Sorry, um, 
maybe he just wants to make a bit more money before he retires and fair mm. play to him if he does but um i don't want him to see him fighting against top level guys anymore and i don't think even cowboy Oliveira is a top level guy and he still finished him so yeah, it's a tough one for it's a tough one for Carlos Condit because you also don't want it to turn into a BJ Penn situation like I mentioned where he's losing the guys he he should be beating easily like you know you don't want to see the BJ Penn Dennis Ever situation happen to Carlos Condit. I've got I've got three numbers for you, Graham. Two, oh nine. Let's make it happen. That rematch that we all want to see. Carlos Condit, Nick Diaz. Nick is back. He's ten days in his suspension. It's nearly up. Let's make it happen. Yeah. To disgrace the way they didn't unsuspend him on four twenty, they, they unsuspended him on four nineteen. No, but his his suspension ends four nineteen, so yeah. on four twenty he's eligible to fight. Well, it's over on the, that day, so we would be able to fight on the nineteenth, isn't it? What did, no, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Either. But yeah, let's make that fight happen. Let's make it happen. Um, <laughs> what about well, Oliver? Like, yeah. like five years after after or however long it is, three years is it? How long is who, it? Who did you score that fight for? I can't even remember. I, Condit definitely wanna like. I'd have to go back I'm and watch pretty, it. Again. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I think I think I think I think I scored it for Condit, but I can't remember. Diaz one two five anyway. Uh, but Alex <laughs> Oliveira fought well. I, I'd love to see Alex Oliveira. I'd love to see Alex Oliveira versus um Darren Till. I, I mentioned it last night. I think that that'd be a good test for Darren Till. Obviously, he's he's gone a bit over his head for for me anyway, fighting um fighting Wonder by Thompson here. But we'll see how that goes. But I think Alex Oliveira would be a good good fight for him. He's a bit lot smaller than him, obviously, but. Uh, because he fought at 155 and things like that, but I think he's his grappling game against defense and his striking is pretty good as well. I think he'd be a good test, even if he loses, you know, till against Wonderboy. I think that'd be a good fight to make. But yeah, Alex Oliveira is a guy yeah. as well who kind of came out of nowhere uh, and has put together a very, very good career. And you know, he's lost lots of wins uh, and not too many losses in the UFC. So fair play to him. Yeah, it's a. Uh... <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do. What they're going to do next, just on the tail thing, um, because like I'm, I'm definitely picking Wonderboy in that tail fight. I think it's mm-hmm. just, I think it's just a bad style matchup for for tail. I think, I think Wonderboy is the best striker in the division. I think he's probably it's it's between him and Woodley for who's the best fighter in the division all round. So I think it's ben, too much. Ben Askren, what are you talking about? Ben Askren. Yeah, Ben Askren. Yeah. Um, there was kind of like it was funny. There was kind of a little kind of a few murmurs about Ben Askren there for a while, but it seems to have just died away or going to the UFC. But it seems to have died away again. Um, did yeah, I, like I, I really wanted him to to go when he was when he was when Ben Askren was leaving Bellator. I really wanted him to go to the UFC, but now um, I'm not really actually too bothered to be honest. Um, people saying he's the best welterweight in the world and stuff is just absolute nonsense. Yeah, yeah, like you can't you can't not beat anybody of, of note. Uh, Okay, maybe there's a couple of people he beat in Bellator that went on to be good fighters, but they weren't that they were they had holes in their game that he was easily able to exploit at the time. Which he's definitely a, a good fighter, a very good fighter, but there's a lot of I think it's similar to it back in the old Pride days where the the, the hardcore fans kind of because the casual fans don't know these guys, they're always saying like, oh, Wanley Silver, Rampage, or Fedor is better than all these UFC guys, but usually it turns out that they're not. But in the WEC case, when the WEC merged into the UFC, it kind of turned out that a lot of them guys were actually better than a lot of the guys in the UFC. So it'd be interesting to see Ben Askren in there. But I think the the the, the fans' uh, drive to, to make it happen is gone. Yeah, that was we went on a bit of a segue there. But yeah, yeah I, 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 I,
It's all right. But Alex Oliveira, anyway, yeah. <laughs> Fair relative. But yeah, let's let's move on to a couple of the other fights. My boy Israel Adesanya getting a win for Team Sheehan here uh, last night. So Team Sheehan is well ahead just, of, of just Team Brown. I thought he he did it pretty well in the first two rounds. I think uh, who did it better? Who did it better? Did Justin Gaethje lose better or did Israel win better? I thought he did. Um, okay, yeah, wins a win, Graham. It's all about winning. That's what yeah, everyone. Man, you know, Jose's, Jose's got you. Shut up. It's Shut not up. Really fun anymore. It's about it's about winning. <laughs> Shut up. Leave leave. <laughs> Season's over. Forget about it. Forget about it. But uh, it's over I, for I, you. It's still gone in the Champions League for the main nah, boys. Nah, nah. Who cares? Come on, Roma. Let's go, Roma. Uh, but yeah, Adesanya looked very good. Who cares? Come on, Roma. You obviously care. Come on, I, Roma. I, I, I don't. I hope Liverpool win it. Fair play to them. If they win the Champions League, fair play to them. Still never won the league, so that's all I care about. But uh, Won the league 18 times, I think you'll find. <laughs> olden days. Black and white pictures. Who cares, like, folks? I can show you colour pictures if you want. Get over it. I don't want to see them. <laughs> but anyway, 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 anyway. Israel did a sin. I, I thought he looked really, really good in the first two rounds. His takedown defense looked exceptional in the first two rounds. But then he did get that one takedown. Uh, and Vittori dominated the third round. And he, you know, he didn't look great off of his back. Got up once and then got taken down again. Um, and and uh, Vittori did dominate him. It's it's tough when you're fighting at middleweight and you you're basically fighting like a flyweight. You know, throwing a mad amount of not a mad amount of strikes, but mad big spinning strikes. Um, very obviously a hugely athletic guy, but athleticism is grand. But you, you know, your gas tank is is going to get drained if you're throwing that many big strikes like that, big spinning fucking kicks and and everything. Um, if you don't get the knockout, and Vittori's a tough guy, hard hit. I know if he landed maybe the shots he landed on another guy he mightn't have uh or he might have knocked him out in the first two rounds but that's the it was a very very good test for adesinia and i think it'll definitely improve him as a fighter but he's a guy as well who is still improving and who will get better but i was to be honest i was encouraged kind of by this fight about how how well he did in the first two rounds and the third round is isn't is no harm for for him to happen to him this is no way it should have been a split decision who chris lee i think is on fucking drugs <laughs> i don't know what the fuck that was about but um yeah, I, I I was all right. I thought it was okay. Obviously, not the best uh, fight of his life, but still impressive. Yeah, he, he looked really good in the the first two rounds. It definitely, it, maybe it wasn't the spectacular finish that people hoped for, but he showed that he can. Okay, maybe he got a bit tired, but he can. He, he sh- there was a few things that he can that that were were shown to him in his game that he can work on and, and improve on, and he still got the the win handily enough, even though obviously, as you say, one of the judges seemed to be watching something else, but. Uh, uh, or how did you have it actually? Uh, twenty nine, twenty eight to Addison. Yeah, I thought it was a uh, clear thirty twenty seven for really? Harry Kane. Oh, this, no, but that oh, that Harry Kane joke, it's it's fucking <laughs> so stupid. But people get over it, like oh my god, it's it's uh one or two jokes, like. But for fuck's sake, every it's very. I swear, my daughter, I won't mention it again. Very annoying. <laughs> like Liverpool fans are always saying, "Oh, you're obsessed with Liverpool and all this." Like, there's I don't think I've any ever seen anyone as obsessed with anything as this Harry Kane. Like, most Salah's like five goals ahead of him. He's still I don't think it's a Liverpool thing. I just think it's a I think it's an all football fan thing. It's it's just it's just become a meme because it's it's so ridiculous that he because he didn't touch the ball like and pretty clearly on the replays. And I believe Harry Kane. I think he's a believable guy. I think he's a nice person, and I believe that he touched the ball. Do you actually? Yeah, I, I don't. I've Even known the replays show that they don't. Well, the re- the replays I think are inconclusive. I think it's very close. Well, the ball doesn't the ball the ball doesn't change the, um, anything. The spin of the ball doesn't change. Nothing changes about the ball. 
Yeah, I don't know, but th- these things can happen. Anomalies, you know, they need snicker like in, in uh, cricket. So we'll we'll see. But anyway, I don't. This is stupid. Let's get off this. Um, <laughs> Michelle Waterson, Courtney Casey, uh, close enough fight. I thought Casey won it. Effective grappling probably should have won her the fight. Um, I can see an argument for Waterson, but not really. And this this fight just showed to me really that they need a hundred and five pound division. I've said it many times, and you know people kind of say, "Oh, there isn't enough talent there for hundred and five pound division because of the hundred and forty five and hundred and twenty five pound division." But I don't think that's the case at all. I think there's actually more talent there for hundred and five pound division. There is one hundred and fifteen pound division. Arguably, maybe not, but arguably, there's a lot of good hundred and five pounders. You know, a lot of people in the in the hundred and fifteen pound division who can fight at one hundred and five. Uh, and the 105 pound division in Invicta and, and other places is, is pretty good as well. I think the atomweight division, if I was making another division in, in MMA, I'd make 165 pound min or 163 pounds, sorry, but then I'd make atomweight after that. Uh, and it's, it, I think they can build that division around Michelle Watterson and not in a cyborg way where she does two people in the division, but I think they can actually have a 20 person division or whatever with Michelle Watterson up towards the top of it. I just think it would split the the division, the one fifteen division, too much, um, and I don't think there's enough talent, top level talent there at the moment for it. Um, for the two divisions to be like, I think uh, a good few of the one fifteen girls would go down to one hundred five, and it would end up leaving the one fifteen bare, and the one hundred five wouldn't be top class either. So I think it would just dilute it at the moment. I don't think the talent is there. Maybe fair enough. What do you think of the the fight? How'd you score it? Uh, I, I didn't actually watch it that closely. Um, uh, I think everybody, pretty much everybody's in agreement that Cordy Casey won, but that it, it was it was close enough that it, it could have went either way. I think Michelle Waterson got a takedown each round, I think, did she? Uh, she initiated the grappling, but then like a, a lot of the scrambles she ended up losing. Um, yeah, I think, I think most people are in agreement that Courtney Casey won, but I, I wasn't watching it close enough to score it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I thought it was relatively close, but I thought Casey won. Um, John Moraga and Wilson Hayes put on a great fight as well on the undercard. That was definitely the the best fight uh, on the undercard. Carlos uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. Shoefest got a good win against Tim Boetch as well. Yeah, uh, key, key level right now. Really, really good, in fairness. Uh, it's 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 uh, Tim Boetch is a big, strong guy. Okay, maybe he's not he's not on the upward curve of his career, but. Uh, I think Shoeface is, is is very very dangerous. He's he's choking. Was it one, two, three, four chokes? Choke finishes out of his last five fights. Uh, the per- only person he didn't uh, and then went to a decision with was uh, Marvin Vittori. And okay, he lost to, to Daniel Kelly, but we all know about Daniel Kelly. So uh, I think he's improving. He's he's young in the game. He's he's had twelve fights, ten wins. He's twenty eight. He's come from the jitsu. I think he's one to watch. He, he like. He's going to be dangerous on the ground for everybody in the division, I think. Yeah, I agree. And what about Arjan Buller? Uh, I was watching this, <laughs> watching this fight, um, and Daniel Par- or Daniel Paria, Daniel Carmia kept saying like, "Oh, he needs to. He's winning on the feet. He needs to stay fighting on the feet. He needs to stop going for the takedowns." And like, I was watching this, I was like, "This is Daniel Carmia. This is you know like an all-American wrestler telling the fella who he's trained with not to wrestle, who's." Big strength is he's wrestling. You know he's a very good wrestler. It's like what this is very odd. Why is Carmia saying this? And then, then it, you saw why. <laughs> quickly came around. It's like oh, this man has no jujitsu. Um, has anyone? I don't think I've ben seen Ben Saunders. Ben Saunders got one against some some 
guy I can't remember. Yeah, but he's a high level jujitsu artist. Like Ben Saunders is no joke. Like he's very, very good. But against... yeah, but I think the, I think the, the the guy who was he was fighting wasn't very good at jujitsu. <laughs> but but still, like he, uh, you know, you would expect if Shufest did a big submission like that, or you know, if fucking McKinsey Dern or you know Cron Gracie did it, someone who's really good at jujitsu, like like Ben Saunders, is you can understand it. But Arshan Buller. Jesus, he looked. Oh, and it was even before that. I was, uh, his jujitsu looked horrendous. Like he kept getting just swept around, moved. He, he actually looked like a dead fish. He looked so bad. I, <laughs> I really haven't. I haven't seen anyone looking that bad in a while. You know, this was, this was CM Punk levels of bad. Like it was horrendous. How did he? How did that man get the seven and all? He must have fought nobody at all, or not nobody that's any good underground anyway. But it, it's, it's pretty worrying when you, you know. When your best friend is a wrestler, game, who, whose game is worse, uh, Cindy Dandoy's striking game or or his uh, grand game? His Her striking game is worse because at least she's at least he's good. Uh, he's a good wrestler, like, and he can st- once he's on top, he's grand. But when he gets into any scrambles or if he gets his back taken or anything, he's he looks awful. Like he looks absolutely. He looks like Raheem Sterling in front of goal. That's how bad he looks. You know, it's one of these oh. things where everybody kind of. I think it's an American media thing, but it ends up kind of. Uh, f- f- catching on with other people's uh, into other people's narratives and opinions, but the, like American re- just because you're a brilliant American wrestler doesn't mean you're, <laughs> you can grapple. Doesn't mean you can do jujitsu. Like it, it doesn't even mean you can wrestle effectively in MMA wrestling. If you're this freestyle American wrestler champion or whatever, it, it doesn't mean anything until it's, you can pr- you can show that you can do it in MMA and you can defend submissions and you can you can effectively implement your, your takedowns and your your top control. So. Like you know, a lot of a lot of fans and media get excited about these American wrestler prospects when they haven't really done anything yet. And I think maybe he is Canadian. How fucking dare you? North American, whatever. whatever. Okay, fair enough. How dare you? Didn't yeah. I didn't say the United States of America? I said American. That's true. That is, but that's like someone saying British and then you're saying, but I'm Irish and go, oh, I'm into British Isles. Well, it's kind of well, yeah. I caught you. Well, I slayed you with your own sword. Kind, Fuck kind you. of, but not really. Like I know what you're saying, but it's not really a direct correlation, a direct uh, comparison. It's not. It's not. In fairness, it's not. All right, let's move on. Um, and let's let's talk about a couple of last week's cards before we get to to big UFC fight next week. What what did you think? Oh, of- oh, 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 oh. Uh, cool hand, Luke coming out to the band. Uh, walkout tune, the best, the best walkout tune of all time. What uh, was it? It was the uh, the weight by the band. Never heard of that. You've never heard of the band. No, what band? They, they were they were they were Bob Dylan's band when they turned Bob Dylan oh, electric. Uh, everybody hated like them. All the, all the folk people, and uh, they were they're brilliant. If you haven't heard the band, you need to get into the band. They're the best Canadian band of all time. Was Becky Lynch? Also, what about Brian Adams? What about forgot, Brian? He's brilliant as well, but he's now the band. Baby, when you're gone, when you got people, like, you got people like Lee Van Helm and Robbie Robertson, and, and uh, you're Richard the biggest Daniel. fucking hipster of all time. What go on? What else? What all are shite of you to talk? Go on. Um, no, we forgot to mention uh, Justin Gaethje throwing a rolling thunder at the end of the round as well. Oh, yes, that was like, that was very good. Y- you know, there's so much happening in a Justin Gaethje fight when you forget to mention rolling thunder. <laughs> like, what true. the fuck? How do we forget to mention rolling thunder? That is true. Was Becky Lynch there actually in uh, in Luxander's corner? Hashtag yeah, yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah. Legend. Becky Lynch is a fucking legend. She was some other wrestler guy with her as well, but I don't know who he was. I think it was Dolph Ziggler. I think I saw him. And uh, I don't know why I asked you that question when I already knew the answer, but I suppose that's, <laughs> that's what world class journalists do. Like, that's what world class journalists do. But uh, yeah, what do you think of Norman Park's um, 
effort at KSW Factory. Yeah, it was uh, pretty fucking dominant. Um, mm-hmm. The first round was probably a 10-9, Norman. I think the, the next two were 10-8s. Uh, it, was, it was, I think your man probably had a sore head and a uh, sore face in the, in the morning after that. Uh, it was a good performance from Norman, but he missed weight again. So this, this is becoming a problem now. And he even said it himself, like he's very honest about himself. He said like, you know, I need to go out and prove to, to KSW that I, I don't deserve a title shot. Like I need to go out and prove I can make weight before, before uh, they give me a shot. So um, at least he's, at least he knows that he's got to correct this. He said, he was saying that um, he needs to start. He needs, he's starting his, uh, his, his weight, his camps at too high a weight. He needs to start about five, six kilos lower. If he's gonna make, if he's gonna make one fifty, one fifty five or one fifty six, I think he stopped cutting at one fifty nine because he he couldn't. He said he couldn't sweat anymore. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, uh, it kind of takes a bit of the shine off it. But uh, performance wise, in the actual fight, it was it was a brilliant performance from Norman. Um, it was very dominant, um, including two ten eights on my card. So yeah, easy 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 decision for Norman. Yeah, I think Norman's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, and I think he'd be perfect for that 163 brown division uh, if they made it. I think I've never, I don't think he's, and I, he probably admitted himself he's not the fastest guy in the world at 155, but maybe he'd be thinking that that strength advantage that he has mightn't be there at 170. Although I think it probably would. I, I'd actually like to see him fight at 170. I think it it kind of makes sense now, especially when he you know keeps missing weight uh, the way he did. But on his performance, uh, very good. He attacked the body a, a lot. Like Norman's a very underrated fighter. I think people because he you know kind of went to decision uh, a few times and and things like that that people maybe underrate him a bit. But his UFC record is actually really good, and he yeah. was he was very robbed. very unlucky. Uh, he was Strada, robbed on a, on a point taken in one of his fights uh, that he ended up drawing in Brazil against a Brazilian with a Brazilian ref, if I remember right. Yeah. And then um, it was another couple of decisions that should have went his way. I think even Gleison Tebow maybe. I might be mixing up which one should have went oh, his way. But... It was Trinaldo, I think, wasn't it? Trinaldo maybe it was. Yeah, yeah. That one, yeah, yeah. He was very unlucky. And even being unlucky, he still had a really good... I think his UFC record was 5-2-1, was, was it? When he got caught. Sure, yeah, something he... ridiculous. Yeah. When he got caught. Like, it, was, it, it was very unfortunate. Uh, but um, you, you, just have to, you have to make weight. As you say, if you can't make weight, just move to 170. Uh, you can always move back if it doesn't work out. Um, but missing weight is a bad look. And it's the UFC aren't going to be... Uh, calling or aren't going to be going out of their way to get, to get you back if 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 you're not uh, making weight. Yeah, um, he did an interview as well with with uh, powerhouse Alan Alan Murphy coming together with Severe Me Name more iconic duo. Uh, and I think that he mentioned that it's his la- the last fight in his KSW contract, so that's pretty interesting as well. I'm sure a lot of you know Bama Cage Warriors, all of them would be delighted to have him, and I'm sure KSW would be delighted to have him back as well, or Fight Nights Global, or one of them. I mentioned it on Twitter, and I don't know if you'd agree or not, but Peter Queeley against uh, Norman Park. They're kind of two similar guys. You know, Peter Queeley's kind of gone between 155 and 170 yeah. as well. Do it at 160, 163, something like that. Yeah. Well, what do you think of that fight? I usually don't like Irish guys fighting each other, but uh, like Peter Queeley's always always willing to, to fight Irish guys. He's done it before, and like most recently, I think it was Decky Dalton, and Norman's mm-hmm. done it before. Uh, Reds are obviously so... Um, yeah, or I don't see why not. If uh, both of the guys are, are willing to take fights in other people's backyards and willing to take any fight, so I don't see either of them having uh, having a problem taking that fight. Yeah, I agree. Let's let's make it happen. Let's get a good two two good tough hard guys 
uh, I think it'd be a, a three round or a five round war or whatever if they had it. And uh, yeah, I'd like I'd like to see that. Uh, anything else on that KSW card? That's all. I wasn't able to catch it out. I was out and around. Did you see much of it? I, I know P- in P- I P- just, just tuned in for the Norman fight. Yeah, but yeah, PZ has lots of coverage anyway over on uh, over on MMA fighting, so go over and check that out there. But KSW always put on a, a magnificent show, so fair play to them. Um, the Bellator had a card last week as well, which I had to fly to America to watch. I never met you there. That's, did you fly over or did you? What's no, I was actually uh, access denied. I was barred from the. No, oh, really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I couldn't make it. <laughs> couldn't make it, but uh, I watched it anyway. And, um, what's his name? AJ McKee took on Justin Lawrence and put on a very, 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 very good display. I'm very impressed. And, and I said very about fifty times with uh, AJ McKee. Look, look good on the feet. Um, he's got a couple of takedowns. I've watched so many fights now I can't even remember. But he, yeah, he looked good anyway. Called out James Gallagher afterwards. Uh, and and said you're not Conor McGregor and a couple of more things like that. <laughs> uh, but Bellator are never going to make that fight, are they? Um, if the both of them stick around in Bellator, I think it's inevitable uh, if they keep winning. But um, they don't seem to be any hurry to put it together. There's been a lot of uh, push from both guys to make it happen over the last two or three years, probably at this stage. And Bellator haven't haven't really looked to make it happen. But uh, you never know if. If it came to Ireland, it was a bit. They wanted to put a big show on in Ireland. I think that that AJ McKee fight, if they want to have James as the headliner, I think that AJ McKee fight is the biggest, the biggest drawing fight they could put on. He he probably googled me or something. You fucking PC, Google me. Yeah, do you like my? Do you like it? No, you don't like my impression. Okay, but yeah, I'd like to see that as well. Be a good, uh, be a good fight. Uh, Michael Chandler as well got a good win over Brandon Grutz, uh, who actually yeah. did did very well off the off the back foot. Fought, fought a bit like Ally Quinta did last week with the kind of low stance and thrown and landed a couple of shots on uh, on Michael Chandler, but uh, he ended up. Uh, winning in how did he win again? He won a submission. Yeah, I had an he? arm choke, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it. Yeah, so once he got to the ground, he kind of dominated him and and choked him out in short order. Good display again yeah. by uh, by Michael Chandler. Yeah, he, he, he was on the wrong side with the arm triangle and he jumped across his body brilliantly uh, for the finish. Uh, his wrestling is obviously really good. He's really tough. He's willing to strike. Mike Chandler, like he kind of w- well rounded and he's a tough guy to fight. And I don't, it, it, there's not many. There's not many. Um, there's not many challenges left for him outside of the, outside, or in Bellator outside of the UFC. So he he hasn't been making that many noises. Like when Eddie Alvarez was champion, he's making a lot of noises about wanting to, to be in the UFC and prove himself as the best lightweight in the world and all that stuff. I haven't heard that from Michael Chandler, but I think he's just kind of more of a quiet guy. He doesn't do that many interviews. Uh, he's kind of, he seems kind of private. But, uh, he's probably making more money in Bellator than, than he would in the UFC, but... I'd love to see him go across the UFC and fight fight all these guys in the top 10, 15. It would be brilliant. Um, obviously, the, the Brett Primus fight makes sense because he uh, lost his belt to him um, in kind of controversial circumstances in, in Chandler's mind anyway. Uh, um, <laughs> actually, that was, the, that was the fight where they pulled the, the, the old stool trick on him where they, he went to sit down and they mm-hmm. pulled the stool from under him. So uh, I'd say he wants to get that one back, but after that, is there much left for him? I don't. Really, I don't really know. Uh, I think. I think he needs needs to. I'd love to see him anyway. I don't think he needs to. I think he's, he's probably making better money there, as I said. But it, it'd be really nice to see him in the UFC. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, let's move on to next week's UFC card, which will be on Fox Sports One in the states, and it goes down 
in Atlantic City, New Jersey. I hope Michael's situation is there. It'll be very good. And Roger and Jay and Snooky and all them. That'll be cool. Um, <laughs> this is this is a, a pretty good card. The main event is Edson Barboza versus Kevin Lee in a fight. I'm excited to, to see. Obviously, Kevin Lee, very good uh, wrestler and improving striker, good good boxer, but. I don't think he's elite anywhere. Edson Barboza as well. Very good takedown defense. Very, very good striker. But has a tendency to lose the big ones. Um, uh, although that's kind of changed a little bit recently. And, you know, t- two guys that are kind of sixth, seventh in the world around there, stuck around. And this this is a big fight for them to get maybe towards, as you mentioned earlier, you know, the winner of this could fight the likes of Apari or something like that, or, to, you know, to move on to the next level if McGregor okay, Ferguson get uh, the loser. Uh, one of them here. Oh, what what do you think of this this fight? How was it, how would you break it down? It's a big fight in the division, isn't it? Yeah, I see, I see that Kevin Lee's a favorite, and I I can kind of understand that there, there's always a good chance of him um uh, getting a, getting a choke or getting a rear naked choke more more likely. Um, but I I'd probably go propose on this one. Um, uh, okay, he lost it be pretty comprehensively, but he showed as you said good takedown defense, and I think he he stuffed roughly. I can't. I have to watch the fight back, but. Roughly half of Habib's takedown attempts in that fight, um, but he, he, he he's he's very dangerous on the on on the feet, and I don't think Kevin Lee is is as good a grappler as Habib. So, uh, if Kevin Lee can get it to get it to the ground again on his back, I think it, he, he'll get the finish. But I, I actually don't see that happening. I think Barbosa is going to win this one on the feet. Yeah, I agree. I think Barbosa's movement is very good. He's actually you know a great takedown defense, but not just takedown defense. I think his ability to to move away from the, your clutches is very good and if you watch the Habib fight maybe you wouldn't think that but Habib is next level in that realm so I don't think as you mentioned I don't think Kevin Lee's as good as that if he gets him and takes him down you submit him and everything I, I think it's I, I wouldn't be surprised if either guy won to be honest but I think it's more likely that Barboza wins this is this is probably a 60-40 type of fight I think um, because of the, the skills Barboza possesses but I definitely wouldn't rule Lee out and Lee is a guy as well who he's he's improving an awful lot all the time and you don't know how good he's going to come out the next time he's still very very young and he improves as i said fight over fight and uh i'm looking forward to this one uh if he can beat edson barboza he's right you know he's right back up there again obviously fought and uh it was an interim title fight wasn't it against uh tony ferguson and lost to him but he was winning that fight uh for large portions as well and, until he got submitted um so i wouldn't rule him out totally obviously ferguson beat Bar- barboza with a bit of mma mats stuck in there so but yeah i'm, I'm picking barboza as well um what about the comment event then frank edgar rematching yeah, cubs once the rematch nobody wanted to see beat him. <laughs> absolutely nobody and it will go any different um it might look a bit different but i think the result will be the same with frank yeager getting his hand hand raised uh it is a bit quick to be coming back in though we think we talked about this um three weeks ago roughly on the podcast i don't think there's any need for uh frank yeager to be coming back this quickly especially after after being knocked out for the first time in his last fight recently but i think cup swanson doesn't have big power he's frank yeager probably be able to take him down most of the time when he wants and he He'll be able to. He'd probably be able to outstrike or at least hang relatively close with with uh, with cups once on the on the feet. And and if he does start losing, he'll be able to mix in the takedowns and get the win. In my opinion, so I I see this being either a submission, a late submission, uh, or uh, probably more, more than likely a decision for Frank Edgar. Yeah, over three rounds, probably probably a decision, but. I wouldn't rule Cubs once and out totally this time around just because of what you mentioned there. Frank Edgar got knocked out, or was it 
eight eight weeks ago, I don't know, not too long ago anyway. And you know, he shouldn't be back fighting this quickly, no doubt about that. Uh, and Frank Edgar can win this fight without taking damage, and he basically did that in his last fight. But if so Swanson can just stop a few of those takedowns and land a few of those shots. He's in, Frank Edgar's not going to have the same chin as he always had after that fight and after the damage he took. You know, he's taken a good bit of damage against Jose Aldo and stuff as well. Uh, not that far, you know, not that far away. Um, so I'd be interested to see that. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely spent a lot, a lot of time in the cage as well. He's been in 25 minute fights constantly, 15 minutes fights constantly. He's taken a lot of damage over the years, like even going back to your your favorite reference of mine, uh, yeah. Gray Maynard fights. Uh, or mass boxing. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of that's a lot of time in the gym and preparing for them fights as well. Um, preparing for five round fights when he was champion, fighting in five round fights constantly. These really close decisions where it's back and forth. It's going to take its toll at some stage, and maybe maybe Ortega shot was just one of them shots that landed perfect in the last fight but maybe it was a case of frankie not being able to take the shots he used to be able to take maybe we'll find out in this fight if like the old frankie i don't think will be will be knocked out or tko by by uh swanson with a single shot maybe if swanson put a big combination together yeah but maybe maybe if, if frankie gets gets hit with one a single a single shot and gets knocked out here maybe that's that, that's more evidence to the fact that he's shot one yeah, a uh, couple more fights on this card as well. We're mentioning Aljamain Sterling against your boy Brett Johns, who I believe won the worldwide prospect of the year with in the Severe May Awards last year. Aljamain yeah. obviously coming Sterling back coming from back yeah from that big knockout. Well, who was it? Marlon Moraes knocking out with that yeah. knee, wasn't it? Yeah, so he this threw is... a kick and he kind of stooped into the knee and he was out, he was out for several minutes. It was a, a scary one, uh, and he's taken a lot more time than Edgar, but. That knockout wasn't that long ago either. Um, Five months, yeah. Yeah, I think Owen Roddy talked about to myself and Gav. We made a, a video on Owen Roddy's kind of little career review video, and he Owen Roddy talked about getting knocked out uh, badly one time in one of his fights, and he didn't really take the, con the concussion and the knockout seriously, and he was he was sparring again then a week or two later and every time he got hit he was seeing stars he was getting he was getting rocked all over the place for up to a year he said before he fully recovered so it depends on how seriously sterling's taken if he's taken it seriously and he hadn't hadn't taken any head damage for for months after the fight then maybe he'll be all right but i think a lot of these guys don't take these concussions and these knockouts seriously enough and it can come back to bite you if you don't yeah what was the name of that documentary on already again uh, the original rowdy yeah, what, what, was that like a Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey reference, was it? Yeah, he says in the video that uh, he's the original Rowdy. He says, yeah, don't tell Ronda said that she kicked my ass. But what about the fact that uh, Ronda Rousey was named after Rowdy Roddy Piper, who was wrestling in the 70s or something? Yeah, he's, I think he's talking about MMA, though. Nah, bullshit. Fuck's sake. On Roddy. Take, take, it up with, take it up with Roddy. <laughs> I will not. Don't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but fairly. You're, I, me I, I, you're, you're, you're dead. dead. It's a it's a good uh, it's a good documentary and check it check it out. Um, who are you picking to win that one, Sterling and Brett Johns? I go with uh, Brett Johns because um, I think he, I think he's just looked phenomenal in his last couple, especially that calf slicer against uh, a high level grappler in Joe Soto. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as if he put a beating on Joe Soto and kind of broke him or anything. He just got that clean submission, beautiful, uh, rarely seen submission. He's undefeated. He's a really good wrestler. Okay, Sterling's a good fighter, but he's been kind of up and down. He's just coming off this huge knockout, 
this massive knockout, like uh, one of the worst knockouts we've seen since probably since Uriah Hall knocked out um, whoever he knocked out on the Ultimate mm. Fighter. What was that what dude's was that name? Something, uh, Adam, 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 Adam Sell or something like that. Yes, yeah, something like that. Adam yeah. Sella, Adam Sella. Was that? Yeah, something like that. But yeah. That's true. Uh, like so, maybe that's going to be in his head as well. So I think the safe pick on this one is uh, the safer pick is is Brett Johns. And I think Brett Johns is very very good all around as well. And when you have a really good uh, offensive wrestling game, you can you can turn rounds around. That if you are losing the striking battle, you can you can change it up uh, easily enough. Yeah, and it's uh, something. Actually, Andy Ryan mentioned that the, the, a new documentary coming out in Severe MMA soon, so a bit of a spoiler here, but he kind of mentioned that, you know, you, first you had kind of the English guys coming through, then you had the Irish guys and the Scottish guys, and now you have the Welsh guys, and I think Brett Johns is kind of re- leading the way for these Welsh guys. What is he, 14 and or something like that, or 15 and all undefeated? 15 and yeah. Yeah, coming in here against Sterling. This is a this is a big fight, because Sterling is no joke. I'm, I am I need to watch a bit more tape, and so I'll have my, my pick out and my picks during the week, but this is this is a 50-50 fight and, and things like that, so I'm, I'm looking forward to... Uh, to this one. Anything else in your on this card taker uh, fancy? Jim anymore? Miller and Daniel Hooker. Uh, <laughs> it's a really tough fight to give Jim Miller. Uh, yeah, he's looked a bit. He's one, uh, we're talking about a lot of these kind of these kind of older fighters in the UFC that have been around for the last 10, 15 years. Maybe when they they kind of came through just after we or I started watching MMA, and they're kind of all uh, on the way out now. And he's one of the last remaining guys, and he looks shot worn as well. I think uh, I think Daniel Hooker is a really good guy who's come on a lot in the last two three years um people might look at seven losses and be like oh this guy's not great but he's much better than his record might might indicate and i think he's gonna i think he's gonna put a beating on jim miller here yeah i'd probably agree with that and another interesting fight as well is the 125 pound fight between uh ultra sasaki and magomed bibilatov obviously bibilatov was a guy who went 14 and all and then got knocked out heavily by john moraga in his last fight and sasaki is five foot ten for 125 pounds so he's always a tough matchup for anyone at that way it'd be just being so big uh so i'm looking forward to, to seeing that one as well it's, it's a pretty good car your boy sayer bahad dorzada is back again nailed that one uh beast in 25a patrick Cummins is on this as well leslie smith the, the president of the the professional fighters league is here as well did so he not change his name from did he not did he change his name to something so stupid i don't i don't care he'll always be beast in 25. i think it's overtime oh yeah that's the way that's, that's where he should there's three things in mma that'll never die Beast in 25-8, World Series of Fighting, and 1FC. They'll always be called that. You can, what you about can Wolf fuck off. No, but the Wolf tickets are always Wolf tickets. But they tried to change those three things. Like World Series of Fighting, what's that called? Like, who cares? It's World Series of Fighting. 1FC is 1FC. Fuck you, one. one champ- fuck what about off. Bellator Fighting Championships? Is it Bellator Fighting Championships or Bellator MMA? Uh-huh. <sighs> who cares? They're, it's not intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about them when they get in telly. We'll talk about them when they get in telly. All right, let's move on. Um, will we? Yeah, go on. We'll mention it. CM Punk is fighting Mike uh, the Truth Jackson coming up here, UFC 225 in Chicago. Can't wait. Um, Should be a really high level fight. Can't wait. It's going to be a uh, cutting edge stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is the longest reigning uh, uh, pro wrestling champion in WWE history? Or modern era. Modern era, yeah. You want. And, like, he, he 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 slipped the last time, gone lucky. It was very unfortunate, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't really care about this fight at all. Uh, I'm all in on this fight. I am all in. Not, I am. Yeah, I can't wait for it. This is the fight that should have been made first day. This is. We'll see if CM Punk. Well, like, can even, fight uh, who cares? Even if one of them wins, who cares? I like, care. I like CM Punk. 
He's a very good westler, nice guy, straight edge for guys like me who don't don't drink no drinking or drinking. Actually, you know? I don't know if I asked this before. Why does he have a Pepsi tattoo? Yeah, I do know that, but I can't remember. Uh, there is a so reason. Odd. I saw it again the other day. I'm like, why does he have that? Oh, there is a reason. Oh, there's a fuck. What is it? He just hates oh, I can't like... remember. No, there is some reason. I can't remember. Someone, I'm sure someone will tweet us. Tweet oh, like a wrestling about. historian. I do. It was something, it was something to do. Fraud. I can't Fraud I'm, not really, I'm not really. I'm not I'm, really. <laughs> I realized last week when I was doing that fucking preview with Bother that I actually don't know that much about wrestling at all. I can't really talk about it because... Uh, I, I just like to watch it and stuff, but it's it's different. Similar with MMA, I suppose. Isn't it? <laughs> it's funny, actually. I, I, no, I won't say it. Come on, I'll just move on. Um, we'll Fabian Edwards. Fabian Edwards. What about him? Oh, yeah. Is he... Uh, is He's he... going to be fighting the uh, Bama Dublin. It's the 12th of May, isn't it? Is that uh, the headliner? Um, it's um, the source. The sources that I was talking to were saying it probably will be, but it wasn't 100% decided on the fucking source? Who are your sources? Oh, name them. Uh, nah, you can't be doing that, Sean. You, true, you know. um, just try to test you. <laughs> just testing you. Uh, yeah, um, I think um, Kiefer Crosby was announced as a co-main event. Um, if he, maybe if he had a couple of more fights more recently, maybe they would have put him as the main event. But this Bama card isn't as strong as the the previous Bama cards when they've come with um, with Bellator so far. Anyway, so maybe they will look to bolster it a bit by by um, putting in a. A bigger main event, but uh, it'd be good to see. Uh, it'd be it'd be good to see uh, Fabian there. Like I think it's it's good to watch these guys that are, have big big prospect or big prospects that have big futures. It's good to watch them when they're when they're on on the way up. And uh, I think uh, I think maybe he's not really that well known outside of the the, the hardcore fans. But I think an impressive performance um, here as a main event, if he is the main event, could, could change that and kind of propel him into the into the the, the slightly wider MMA <laughs> consciousness yeah 100 percent uh yeah i'm looking forward to, to seeing that um he's fighting a, yeah he's fighting sorry he's fighting an svg uh, or a guy from um from italy who's um recently moved over to svg i'm not exactly sure uh how long ago he moved over it's uh his name is claudio conti he's seven four and two fabian edwards is obviously four and four and oh uh it's gonna be a middleweight bout um I don't know when I don't know when this uh, this Italian guy Claudio Conte moved to SVG, but um, uh, we'll uh, I can find that out all, uh, as the uh, the card comes closer. I'm sure we'll be, we'll be talking to the the main event cards, and we'll have all that information for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they need to get a, get a few better fights on that card as well. Come on, let's go. I want to go to that. Just stick in a really good main oh. event, or what, that, that's all you need. Yeah, if anyone knows as well how we can get um cheap hotel in uh, the Gibson for the twelfth of May, please let me know. Because so <laughs> otherwise, I probably won't go. But uh, yeah, let's let's move on. Under, you can sleep under my new pool table in my calf. Mm, yeah, how are you getting on with it? <laughs> get any, do you get any one four sevens yet? No, it's a pool table, man. I know, I know. I'm just, <laughs> it's like Jason McAteer at the time. He saw um, who was it? He saw Stephen Hindry, I think, and he went up and goes one hundred and eighty. <laughs> <laughs> Was he taking the piss or was he? No, he wasn't. He's just the stupidest man alive. He locked his car, cars in his keys into his car one time, and there was I'm a fellow there with him. He said, "Yeah, he said go in and get a go in and get a clothes hanger there, and we'll open the we'll open the window and get the keys out." And he came out with a wooden clothes hanger. <laughs> 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 he thought he was going to break the window. But yeah, he's the dumbest man alive. But anyway, yeah, let's move uh, he on. a great winner against Netherlands, so that's all that counts. Right, Keen won that game. Fuck you. <laughs> right, let's go. <clears throat> Jesus, I already talked there. 
Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, If we're going to have to put this on a Patreon if you die, Sean Sheehan dying on audio. Uh, hashtag to pay for that. Forever, Sean. Speaking of Patreon, head on over there. Patreon.com forward slash severe. I can't say forward slash. Forward slash. I was a forward can't say Wonderboy either, so... Wonderboy. Why can't it sound wonderboy? Wonderboy. 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 <laughs> shout out. Shout out to the people who signed up in the last couple of weeks. Jeeves, uh, David Connor, I believe his name is. Uh, Paul Sire, Robert Costello, Stuart Burns, Luke Masterson, Kevin Doherty, uh, Micah Keel Grant, uh, Food Taliban, who we mentioned last week with the great name, uh, Liam Pace, Stephen Doyle, Daniel Bradley. Kieran Sherwin, Thomas Delaney, Danny Murphy, Hugh O'Donnell, Kyle Malone, uh, Liverpool Dustin, legend Danny Murphy, is it? James Murphy, and then Nicholas Sheehan, who we mentioned last time, I believe. So that's everyone. Shout out to Conor McGregor for getting us all the <laughs> subscribers on Patreon as well. Fair play to you. Uh, but yeah, thanks everyone for signing up. Uh, and we're near, as we said, we're nearly to 100, so that's where we're trying to get in. Sign up patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And if you do that, you'll have priority questions. And that's what we're going to get to first here over on Patreon with Evan Keaveney. He asked thoughts on Nathaniel Wood debuting in the UFC against Johnny Eduardo. Graham, big fan of uh, Nathaniel Wood. Very, very good fighter and nice team in the UFC. Yeah, he's 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 looked really good recently. We've talked about him uh, before his last, before and after his last few fights in Cage Warriors. He's, he's, I think he's ready for the UFC. I think he went on um, the MMA air two or three weeks ago with Ariel Hawani and he said he he wasn't gonna beg. He wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna start any campaigns or anything. He wanted to get there on his merits. So uh, fair play to him on that, and fair play to him getting to the UFC. He's he's uh, there was a couple of fights people wanted to see on the on the regional scene, but he, he can he can fight for a lot more money in the UFC. Um, maybe even his couple, first couple of fights mightn't be as against guys who are as good as the the fights that were left for him uh, in Cage Warriors. So uh, I think it's I think it's a good move for him. I think it's. Uh, I don't think it's too early. I think I think it's the right time, but uh, only time will tell. It's definitely it's definitely a step up, and he and he he hasn't he has he's he's not um he's he he's hittable, but he's 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 been improving uh, constantly in between camps or in between fights during his camps. So I expect him to keep doing that as well. He's he's young in the game. He's he's with Brad Pickett now. Um, He's he's basically living with Brad Pickett by the looks of things, so uh, that can only be good as well. Uh, I think he's got a really bright future, and um, sometimes the, UFC, the first fight in the UFC they have a bit of uh, jitters. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if he we'll see if he has that. But um, I think Johnny Eduardo is, is a nice matchup for him. I think he can get the job done on that one. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good first fight for the UFC, and I think it's it's a good time for him to sign for the UFC. Yeah, it's, it, it's kind of. I thought he might be put on the the Liverpool card though, but that was a kind of. Mm, strange, that, strange, yeah. but yeah. Sean Dini asked about Joanne Calderwood and maybe would a hundred and twenty-five uh, pound move breed new life into her career? Yeah, I, th- I think it probably would. You know, he mentions in- inactivity as well, uh, and the weight cut has been a problem. Yeah, I, like she's someone who's talked about her struggles with money and things like that because she's not getting paid enough in the UFC, and I'm not sure if she's taking another job and uh, and things like that. But yeah, definitely, I'd love to see her get loads of fights at one two five. She's also in her UFC career shown that her limited game and I think she moved to TriStar and got a lot of training there and showed bits of improvements but that's going to take a long time as well to get all those improvements uh, into her game so maybe this turns out to be a good thing but I definitely think it's time for her now maybe to start getting in three four fights a year if she wants to get up to that title range and get going there and, and get you know three or four wins in a row 
but she's definitely she's definitely um a talented person and and she could do it but yeah i, I uh I agree with what he's saying there. Lee Garrett asks, what do you think is next for Dustin Poirier after the win? Toddy striking looked levels above Gaethje's. How do you think he'd get on against the likes of Tony and Conor Habib? We, I suppose we spoke about what's next from there. How, how do you think he'd get on against Con- Tony, Conor and Habib? Um, I don't think it goes well against uh, Habib and Conor for him. I think, I think we sh- uh, we already saw the Conor fight and they're okay. He was out 45, cutting a lot of weight, but so is Conor. Um, Okay, I think I think Poirier's definitely improved a little bit since then. I don't think he's a drastically different fighter. I think Connor's improved as well. I think Habib probably be able to take him down, but I think he has probably has more chance against Habib than he does against Connor. But I think the Tony Ferguson fight is a, is a winnable, very winnable fight for for Poirier. Um, I'd have to watch a bit of tape before making a pick, but I could see that going either way. Uh, just thinking of it now. Yeah, I agree with all those. I think he'd beat Ferguson. I think. Uh... I think the other the other two fights would be good, but I think he did end up losing uh, losing both of them. Owen Heffernan asks, "What do we think about the break for Dustin Poirier with the eye poke, and did it help him come back to get the, the come out fast in the fourth and get the finish?" I I definitely think well, he, he did. Well, yeah, but well, he got poked in the eye twice, so he's he's allowed to take five minutes each time, mm-hmm. and he took less, so he he's within his rights to do that. Uh, if the guy pokes you in the eye, people were complaining about the eye poke. If you, you get poked in the eye twice because he's extending his fingers, then you don't get <laughs> you know, five minutes though. No. You don't get five minutes for an iPod. It's only for a grind strike. Well, they offered him five minutes, didn't they? Did, I don't think so. No. Sure they, they, they brought in the doctor. The doctor, they? doctor came in and they they said if you took if you take five minutes, would it be all right? And he goes, I'm grand. I don't something like really? that. Really? I, 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 I think the doctor no. offered him five minutes at one stage. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I, I'm no, I don't think so. But maybe I don't know. Maybe they fucked up or something. But yeah, I, I, it definitely helped him. But it wasn't his fault. Uh, you know, I think that's kind of the way he worded. I don't think he worded that question negatively. Yeah. Maybe I read it the, wrong. The, but, yeah. the point, the, the point being taken was just as well. I thought. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I've seen a lot of sparring rounds in in MMA in gyms and guys who who are sparring like not for, not being friendly, but they're not trying to hurt each other. But they're they're going hard. And I I don't think I've ever seen an eye poke in all them rounds. So you know when you extend your hand that you're trying, you're kind of keeping that guy like John Jones is the, the kind of most blatant example of it, but other guys do it as well. And if you step in, you end up stepping into their fingers into your eyes, and it's 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 an unfair advantage. You're not allowed to do that. Your hands have to be up or 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 in a fist, or your fingers have to be up or or in a fist. So yeah, fair play to Herb Dean. That was a great decision to take to the point there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Owen Heffernan asked as well then about maybe moving to one t- 45 for Gaethje. I think, and he asked about the top five. I, I think it's a similar sort of problem he has there. You know, he'll beat a lot of the guys by dragging them into a war, but he lose against the top guys like Holloway and. And will he be as durable? Couldn't couldn't wait. Yeah, that's it. That's true. himself that he doesn't cut weight because he thinks he can't implement his style as effectively if he had to cut weight. Yeah, that's true. Mark Burke then asks about his fighting style. I suppose we talked about that earlier on, but is is there anything to be said for like totally changing up his fighting style, or would would you just like to keep him the way he is? I'd like to keep him the way he is. I hope he stays the way he is. Like, uh, like you know, maybe he'll do what Anthony Pettis did and try to try to work on, like you know, Anthony Pettis tried to work on his wrestling constantly, 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 and he even fought Jeremy Stevens and went for takedowns constantly, nearly to prove that he could win, a, that he could wrestle or that he could win a fight wrestling, and he kind of got away from what he did best, and what made him exciting and what made him good. And I hope that doesn't happen to Justin Gaethje. 
Yeah, and then Andy Stevenson asks, what are your thoughts on Bama's recent matchmaking? And he talks about Kiefer Crosby. They seem to be pushing him, and they, he asks, could he be the next uh, Richard Kiley? What do you think? I, I think Kiefer is maybe more schooled in MMA a little bit. I know Richard Kiley has a lot of kickboxing experience and yeah, stuff, but Kiefer's he a lot of yeah. amateur fights and stuff, didn't he? Yeah, Kiefer has a good few amateur fights against really like the, the, the best fights he could get at amateur, and he, he was a kickboxer himself years ago, but he has a lot more time in MMA than, than Kiley, and he got, he got to MMA a lot younger. I think when you're younger, you're able to pick up pick up things quicker and easier. Uh, usually, anyway, and I think Kiefer um, has he's lost weight. He's in better shape than he's ever been in uh, in his last two or three fights. Like, he, I think he's just putting it all together at the moment. And I think uh, uh, he, okay, he hasn't fought in a while. That might, that might play into the fight a bit. He might be a bit rusty, or it, maybe it's not ideal to have this much out. But uh, I expect him to, to go in and look impressive here. He, he looked. His jiu-jitsu looked to have come on a lot. He looked comfortable on the ground. He, he whipped up a triangle in his last fight and landed a bunch of elbows while he was in the triangle and got the finish. So, uh, yeah, I think I think Kiefer is going to win this this fight pretty handy, and that will make him 4-0. and Then maybe another another nice style fight for him, and he's 5-0, and and then I can see the hype really intensifying them. Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny, though, the way things have kind of changed? Like that, I often talk about how the, the old SBG guys like McGregor and, and Pinder and stuff like that were so good when they got to the UFC and you know able to hang early in the UFC because of the amount of schooling they had got. But it seems now like it's very stop-start for the, a lot of, not just SBG guys, but all the kind of Irish guys. Maybe that's because there isn't as many str- shows running and yeah, stuff. That's and maybe, it. Not as many shows. There used to be cage contenders uh, three or four times a year, cage warriors three or four times a year, battle zones twice, three times a year, man of war for amateurs, uh, all these different shows. I can't even remember some of the names. Uh, Rumble and Rush, all these shows that haven't been on in ages. Uh, even Sprawl, uh, Celtic Gladiator hasn't been here in ages. There used to be way more shows and there used to be way more regular and there isn't. That. Obviously, people like Peter Queeley are obviously... He, Peter Queeley made his... I think he made his pro debut on um, Cage Contender, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. He, he, I'm sure he would prefer to fight uh, in his hometown against a nice matchup or like... Not a nice matchup, but like, you know, um, gets, get, get somebody who's an appropriate matchup in and not have to go into some guy's backyard on short notice in, in Russia or wherever but that's just the way it is there isn't that many shows it's more expensive to put on a show in ireland than it is in britain or anywhere else in europe yeah and i suppose we must mention as well that bushido sean cork was cancelled that's supposed to be coming up next week so i think uh aaron mcguire was on that car supposed to headline yeah. and he got injured and it fell off so that's that was like there was like 20 fights in that card as well so all those guys now are, are now are without fights so you know, it's a pity. You know, it's, Cage Legacy are doing great work. There doesn't seem to be anyone else putting on fights. You know, John Kavanaugh put on uh, one there, not you know maybe what Euro eight months, two years ago or something. Yeah, Actually, and then Richie Smullen, Richie Smullen was the the ring boy in that. So don't let Elias Theodora pretend that uh, he's the first ever ring boy and he's leading the way and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I've seen him do interviews at BBC and stuff. Richie Smullen, he's his credit has been taken as the the, the first ring boy in MMA, mm-hmm. or at least the first ring boy that I've seen in MMA. Yeah. So yeah, but the point kind of is that there maybe there's a tendency not to want to put on shows because it's too much hassle and people keep falling out. And Andy Ryan mentioned that in that documentary too I was talking about earlier. So maybe uh, well, <clears> thing there, well, thing, but let's let's move on anyway. <clears throat> right, face no Twitter. 
Mr. Podge, uh, has Nick Diaz wasted the best years of his career on the sidelines or has he always been overhyped? He's definitely always been overhyped, but he's wasted a lot of his best years as well. Although maybe not his best years because he had a lot of a lot of good years too. Uh, but he did waste a lot of years in his career. He's a very good fighter, but not, was never, you know, well, it was up there towards one of the best fighters in the world at one stage, but not definitely not anymore. Did, did he waste these years, these last couple, two, three years, or did yeah, the commission yeah. waste them on him with this? They they, they tested him with some non-accredited lab who said, who who broke the chain of custody and put but his, name, that, in his name instead of his number, and then he's he's just after coming to an agreement with them. Um, but that's because he missed three tests. Yeah, yeah. It was like a year and a half or two years something between those two things, and he never, he was out clubbing, like, wasn't fighting or anything. Yeah. He got offered a Tyron Woodley title fight and never took it and stuff like that. So, yeah. He, yeah, I think it's, he's partially responsible, but I think um, they're partially responsible as well. Um, he didn't want to pay that massive fine they gave him. That he was fighting that for ages as well. Like, it's, it's just been a lot of shit going on. But as you said, yeah, he's been he, when we were in Ve- when we were in Vegas for for fights for UFC fights. He's he's always there, partying away. And if you look at on his Instagram and his Snapchat and all that stuff, he's he's in and out of clubs left and right. So uh, I know he's a he's a big man for his triathlons and all that stuff so maybe he has been maybe he has been doing them while, while hung over but maybe I, I, I doubt it somehow I'd say he's definitely not in the shape he used to be in and it might take him a while to, to get back into Nick Diaz's shape yeah 100% um, I'll, I'll do another video as well answering some more of these questions over on our Patreon but let's run through 10 or 12 more of them here uh, in, in quick order uh, you, don't, you don't need to give us 5 minute answers like to all these Graham come on let's go <laughs> <laughs> Booneck Andy Andy Hall Friend of the podcast, uh, he says Maymac 2 is in the works with adjusted rules. Um, no, it's not. Do we, what do we think of that? Well, did you see that report that came out that basically said Noel never Bob heard of any of the people involved in that report? And it's absolutely bullshit. yeah. But what, what do you think of that? Uh, just what, stand up, not wearing shoes, and that's just a boxing match with no shoes, with four ounce gloves in a cage, yeah. No, make it happen, make it happen. Well, and like, just and nobody wants that, do they? Well, Sean wants it. Well, let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. Uh, Mr. Podge asks, is Michael Chandler a Bellator fighter for life? If you had to say yes or no, what do you think? I think he probably is. No. No, you don't think he is? Fair enough. No, at some stage he'll fight somewhere else. So like, even if he's 40 or something doing mm-hmm. Um Heath Smith asks about, should Jared Lackhart take some responsibility for being pulled uh, with the talk of the biggest call ever? Stuff? I suppose he should take a little bit of a jab, but you know, if he's being honest... What can you say about that, in fairness? But, yeah, it could definitely take a bit. Darren Sheehan asks, is Joanna the best strawweight ever, and what does that make Rose? What do you think about that, Graham? Um, I was actually I supposed think... to do a question on this, wasn't I? I'll do that during the week, because someone asked a question a couple of weeks ago about who's the goal in every division, and with all the McGregor madness, I didn't do it. So I'll do that this week as well. I think Rose was probably the best of all time, strawweight. Um... I think the game's moved the Muay Thai thing uh, we mentioned it before before the the rematch that maybe the fact that Rose has is, is been studying Joanna for for years at the top that that Muay Thai style has kind of been exposed recently it, it was kind of like the the go-to uh striking style in MMA and in the UFC for for years and years but now it's kind of been eclipsed by uh maybe better boxing and more movement and a wider stance and less flat-footed um, and I think in especially in, in all sports, like you know, um, like Messi is obviously way better than Pele and George Best mm-hmm. and Kenny Dalglish and all. That. Like you know, he's just way better because everything moves on. The the nutrition, the fitness, the the everything. Like you know, the amount of running they do. Like uh, I, there was something going on about um, 
some commentator or something must have said that like uh, LeBron James wasn't facing the level of competition that Michael Jordan was. And I saw a lot of people posting, oh yeah, like the, this great defending against Michael Jordan. And it's just like absolutely horrendous defending and, and like just letting them slam dunk on them basically. Mm-hmm. I so think there's a difference. Um, so much. Yeah, I think there's a difference between the best and the greatest. I really, I think there is a difference between the best and the greatest. Like, you know, Jordan Henderson is he better than George Best? Like, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> way better. Um, but like, the, 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 way the, better. Like, you know, this guy couldn't like was just yeah. But a, a I think Gar- third at twenty seven. Like. George Best is still greater though. He's still a greater player. Like, you know, do you know what no, I mean? I like, think he gets metallized because people like you know if you saw like you could probably put together uh, George, a pretty good George Best. Okay, but this isn't just the George Best thing, but you know what I mean? I like, people... I was using him as one of the examples, in, but I think I think Jordan Henderson, I think like, you know, who's the worst player at Man United in your opinion that, that plays? Um, the worst player, Ander Herrera? Ander Herrera is like way better than Kenny Dalglish. Like, you know, he's way better yeah, than... But who's Herrera. greater though? Who's a greater player? I think it's the same thing. No, I don't think it is. I, well, if you want, like, if you want to look at the words the same way, but I, maybe I need a different word or something. But like, Kenny Dalglish will go down in folklore of Liverpool and Scottish history yeah. or whatever. Oh, he's a way bigger legend. Like, he's that's a legend. what I'm saying. Like, but yeah. like that, that I think that's how you should look at these fighters. Well, like, yeah, no, Herrera's not my near as legendary as, uh, yeah, exactly. as George Best, but like, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But like, you, better I player. Still, I still think there's an argument that even though Rose is a better fighter than no, Joanna, Joanna still has a better CV at the moment, and maybe has he's still the greatest. Like, I think, still think Jose Aldo is the greatest featherweight of all time, even though M- McGregor and um, Holloway both beat him. Like, and they, they both, like, Holloway could go there, like, if he if he wins well, 10 or 12 more like fights. He's, he's another one in the Muay Thai kind of style that's been kind of um, the game's moved on from. I think that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, but he's still because he has that CV behind him, he's not as good a fighter as them, but he still has a better CV. And you know, who's the yeah. greatest I mean, ever? More legendary, like, his achievement, he has more achievements and stuff, but I think he's not better than no, but nobody's saying he's better. He's not greater than them. Like, I don't know. No, I, don't know. No, I think no. great and best is very, like very similar. It's not the same. No, 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 I disagree. Anyway, let's move on. Mr. Podge, uh, who are the top five fighters who are tough, too tough for their own good? That's, this is a good question. Okay. Justin Gaethje has to be up there anyway. Yeah, Diego Lana Garcia, San- Diego Sanchez. Diego Sanchez. Uh, yeah. Joel Lozan. Um, top five. Um, what about Chris Lieben? Oh yeah, Chris Lieben, yeah, Jesus, head first into everything. Um, Diego, oh yeah, I said Diego Sanchez, yeah. Um, we're mostly missing somebody. There's probably somebody Tom really Bear. obvious, some pride or something. What about um Don Fry or something? <laughs> I really got just broke up there. Who'd you say? Don Fry. Remember that fight in when they just Takayama legend. Yeah, uh, like that was. There's probably loads, but yeah, I I'll stick Don Fry in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Strike.mx says, is it possible for Adesanya to be top five or ten guy without without anything on the ground? Uh, no, it's not. But yeah, no, it is. Put that people, definitely, because the people voting on MMA, you know, UFC rankings don't have a fucking clue. So he could be top ten by the time the rankings come out tomorrow. That is true. Uh, Andy Hall asks, what's, who's the biggest letdown on to have a UFC push? He says, Paige Van Zandt springs to mind. Roger Huerta has to be. Oh, yeah, he's up there. They had him on the first co- MMA uh, cover of Sports Illustrated. Um, it was big hype around him. They really wanted to kind of Mexican. They've been kind of looking for that Mexican angle for ages. They kind of tried to do it with Kane, but then he couldn't really speak any Spanish and all that, so it didn't really work, and he, he lost the vital times. Um, so they really wanted to push Huerta, and they did give him a big push, and he just didn't get the job done. 
Yeah. Uh, Andy Cowan asks, Andy, would you recommend any MMA book? I don't really read that much, so. Um, I read the Chuck Liddell one. I read like half of it. I never one. finished the Chuck Liddell one. I, I just, I, I don't know. I'm just not that into autobiographies or biographies for some reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, the Chuck Liddell one had a few funny stories and yeah. stuff. I'm always so wary of like, did this really happen or are you just trying to make yourself sound good here or are you embellishing the story to not make yourself look like a dick or like, you know how it is like. Mm-hmm. Uh, M.M. Clean asks, should fighters with limited stand-up throw more leg kicks? Yeah, we've definitely talked about that in the past. Uh, those low leg kicks as well, they can be a game-changer. And Unless you're getting countered. Some people, uh, some fighters stick to things like leg kicks too much when they're getting countered each time That's and the trade-off isn't worth it, so it depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. Do you think if Gaethje had stopped throwing leg kicks last night, he would have won the fight? Mm. I think he would. No, I, 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 if he stopped when? Maybe even in the third round or something like that. Maybe, probably, maybe he wouldn't like, but he rocked Parier in the third round. Nearly had him. He did, yeah. Mm, it's really yeah. hard to know, uh, but I think the the big part of big part of his game was the leg kicks, and yeah, as the fight was going on, I think they were becoming more and more of a problem for Parier. Um, but saying that as well, I don't think we mentioned enough. Actually, the finish came from a leg kick as well. He like he threw yeah, the leg kick, he countered it, hit him with the left hand over the leg kick, like, and that's why he knocked him out. You know, people might be might be missing that. As well. I suppose we should have mentioned it more earlier on. But yeah, his corner had told him right before that he threw that leg kick as well in the corner. It was a few seconds into the round. They told him stick to the leg kick, stick to the leg kick, stick to the leg kicks, and then he went out and threw the first leg kick around, and that was the beginning of the end. Yeah, and Patrick just kind of asked about that as well, about him banking on headshots as much as Gaethje was on, on leg kicks. And yeah, that's that's definitely the case. He's probably just listening to me and, you know, asking that question so I could talk about that. But yeah, yeah, d- definitely I'd agree with that. Uh, Amy McLean says, eight clean sheets for Liverpool in 12 games, just conceded five in that spell. Thoughts on Karius is number one, he says, for you, Graham. And then he goes, how worried are you Liverpool winning the Champions League? We talked about that earlier. I, I don't really mind. I, I hope they do. Fair play to them. Yeah, I think I, I said all along that um, Karius is better than That didn't didn't take much, but he's he's improved even on that. But I think still, I'd w- I, I want Alison Becker uh, to be signed by Liverpool in the summer. I think Karius uh, is a good goalkeeper, but he's not uh, he's not going to pull off uh, saves that he shouldn't make uh, as regularly as as somebody as somebody like Alison Becker, who's who's starting for Brazil for a reason ahead of Ederson, and like De Gea does for Man United, even. Even in the West Brom game today, I, I didn't see much of it, but I saw the first 10-15 and West Brom nearly scored at one stage. Okay, it was a save that you expect David De Gea make, but a lot of keepers, you they wouldn't make the save and nobody would call them out on it because it, is, it isn't a standard save. But mm-hmm. they're, they're the kind of saves that add up over the season. And then you also have people like Becker and De Gea and Ter Stegen making saves that they have no right making that win your games and win your points mm-hmm. and get your true Champions League uh, toys. So I think uh, Liverpool need to to splash out on Alison Becker. And Jin at J E N N N underscore O one. Wouldn't it be better for Dustin Poirier to face uh, Eddie Alvarez or the winner of Lee versus Barboza? And she mentioned that McGregor and Habib could be out for a while. Maybe if they were Ramadan, yeah. now, is he? Or yeah, Ramadan's coming up there soon, so he's going to be doing a bit of praying and stuff. So, and he not just like, he, like yeah, it's only a certain or a night. I don't know what is it again. It's that night, it's at night sundown, yeah. Like Paul Pogba's going to be playing the whole time, like he's Muslim. I don't know, yeah. Salah's going to be playing, yeah. Yeah, can they not just can you not just train at night, like and just go to bed during the day and train at like if you like if you want yeah. to be like a top class athlete, why don't you just but I don't know, maybe he has to do prayers or something during the day or something. Defender vacation. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact that is a fact uh, Kenny asks 
do you lads think Man United can challenge for the big honours, Premier League and Champions League next season, or will they remain in City and Liverpool's shadow? Um, it's hard to challenge for both at the same time. Um, it's only been done, like the double's only been done by Man United once, is it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. In recent in recent years, in the last Twice, decade. Um, in the, it, or 1999, did they win the league in 1999 as well? Yeah, they won the treble that year, and then in 2011, was it? Or no, 2009 yeah. when they won it? Nine, yeah. yeah. I can't remember. Anyway, it's it's very difficult to do. Um, I think Man United can challenge. I think Man City, um, I saw a table of since uh, Christmas or since the new year, and Spurs will be, or Liverpool will be top with Spurs second and Man City third. Uh, so okay maybe it would have been different they might have tried harder or played different players in certain games if they hadn't had that cushion but they're not invincible like some people were making out earlier in the season it was proven when they got absolutely hammered 5-1 by Liverpool um, so, over two legs yeah over two legs and yeah and should have been hammered 4-1 ended up being 4-3 in the league hammered 3-2 by Man United as well don't forget that hammered 3-2 by Man United and uh, yeah whatever else happened you know yeah. they, they'd gone all season without losing until Liverpool beat them and since then they've looked shaky enough confidence wise so yeah. they're definitely not invincible like people were making out yeah there's a couple more questions there from Liam Flagg and Andy Stevenson which I'll get to over on Patreon I want to talk a little bit more about them but a couple here from uh from Facebook, Edward Dawson asks, who do you think would take over as flyweight king if Mighty Mouse leaves? Would Henry Cejudo be the one Cejudo, that kind of comes to mind? Benavidez, yeah. maybe, if he can come back and look good? I think Cejudo, I think he's he's still improving and he's he's got a lot of tools. Um, his striking's come on massively. He's got the wrestling. I think I think he's... He, he got a kick up the ass when he lost to Mitch Johnson. I think he fully expected to go in there and win and then... He got finished pretty quick, so I think he he kind of took that as a kick in the ass and has looked a lot better since and been improving rapidly since. Yeah, and Gary Comley asked about what's next for Justin. We talked out about we talked about that a lot. Daniel Bradley asked in, uh, "What do you think of a, a, a matchup between Habib and Eddie Alvarez? I think that'd be that'd be an interesting fight. I think we talked about about that last week as well. You know, Eddie Alvarez, good takedown defense, good wrestling, pretty good striker as well. You know, obviously mm-hmm. not up there with the level of you know McGregor, the top guys, but against Habib, he's definitely a better striker. And Habib hits hard as well if he can stop the takedown." Uh, yeah, but yeah, I wouldn't put any out in the fight, but I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd definitely be picking Habib in that one. Mm-hmm. Donald Kelly asks, "Is it time for Condit to hang up the gloves?" No, I don't think so yet. I think he's um, he's he still has a bit left to him. And then Brendan Roach asks, uh, "Should there be a bonus for fight of the year?" And uh, Gage, he's a sick bastard. There should be a bonus for fight of the year. They should get all the bonuses in the world. Fair play to him, but uh, yeah, I don't think there is. They did something a while back, didn't they? they did some sort of mm. I don't know. I can't remember. They did something anyway, but yeah, there, there should be. All right. That's the, that's the show for this week. Thanks to everybody uh, for listening. Graham, any final thoughts before we go? No, that's good. Brilliant. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe and my podcast sign up for your 13 cent a month. Includes these four podcasts a month. It includes, I believe we're doing the UK MMA show this week. Um, we'll have my additional podcast as well with questions and my size up this week. I'm not sure which fight uh, I'll do this week. Who's in the main event? Barboza against uh, Lee. I might do Barboza against Tony Ferguson, maybe something like that. Something good anyway, but uh, head on over there and, and see that anyway. And uh, that's it. Patreon.com forward slash your main podcast. All right. Here's the inspirational quote for the week. We cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used to create them. We'll see you next Tuesday, or probably Sunday.